0: everybody, welcome to the Mando Fan Show. I'm John. Thanks for joining us today. It is Friday, TGIF, although for a lot of us it's whatever day, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, we're here to talk about the Disney Gallery series uh, about The Mandalorian, uh, episode 3, about the cast. And uh, speaking of cast, with me as always, uh, my castmates on TRB, our co-hosts, James and Lacey. Guys, how's it going? happy friday morning yeah going good i'm
1: tired <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: so we um we did some recording for the resistance broadcast last night and i feel like we just took a 15 minute break it feels like a little bit but here we are the only thing uh, that
1: makes me a morning person is star wars that is the only thing
0: yes um and a big old cup of coffee um Mine's downstairs So, yeah, we're going to talk about the third episode on the Disney Gallery, all about the cast, which really focused on uh, Pedro Pascal, Gina Carano, and Carl Weathers. Um, And then still a little bit more about Filoni and Favreau and that sort of stuff. But um, now, if you're new to the Mando Fan Show, uh, welcome. We appreciate you joining us. Um, This obviously can be found not just on YouTube, but also on the uh, podcast feed as well. So wherever you get your podcasts, if... uh, You can't watch for whatever reason. You can check us out on audio if you're out doing yard work or whatever you're doing out there in these crazy times. But uh, it's a little different than the Mando Fan Show that covers the actual show itself. So we're not going to be doing the ratings and that sort of stuff, and we're not really featuring tweets. We're just kind of really getting down into it here. But one thing we do is uh each go around and give our favorite or standout part of this particular episode so um let's get that going now uh Lacey, this one is all about the cast it was only a 26 minute episode but i thought that was enough i guess um mm-hmm. what was your standout part from this episode and why was it how awesome gina carano is
1: so it's funny you would <laughs> say that because if i was going into this not watching it yet i'd be like oh Gina would be my favorite part. Mm -hmm. She was wonderful, and we will get into that. But my standout part was actually when they talked about Carl Weathers and how he um, talks about when you're an actor and you look at a script, it's not just being an actor. It's you're letting someone speak for you, basically, and you're endorsing Mm -hmm. what they say. And then it going into how he was so wonderful they were like we can't put him in a mask and we and we don't want to kill him off which reminds me very much of like oscar isaac with the force awakens where he was supposed to die and then he didn't um and then other projects too like steve from stranger things was supposed to die early on and they liked him so much that they kept him on and he's like a fan favorite so um it was just very interesting to me that they were like yeah we brought him in he started talking and we both were like oh we can't put him in a mask he's just too wonderful uh and it was just it was really funny
0: yeah, um, I agree. He, I, I've been a fan of Carl Weathers for a long time because I was like an 80s action kid fan and Predator. I'm not,
1: so that's why I was kind of caught off guard that I was like, oh, my favorite part is Carl Weathers. Cause right, I'm right. And Gina he just fan. comes
0: across... I had so much more respect for him just as um, a talent and an understanding of the industry and stuff uh, off of this. And that's embarrassing for me to say because he's been around for decades and decades. But... Mm-hmm. Definitely a standout part, uh, James. What was your favorite part from uh, this episode about the cast?
2: Um, I actually think it was the uh, near the beginning when they were talking about the the people who play the Mandalorian besides Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Um, we talked about whether that was going to be featured or not, and I'm almost embarrassed to say I didn't know that there were two others.
1: Oh, really?
2: No, I because I think because one of those guys is unknown and one of those guys is known in his own right. Mm -hmm. So Brendan Wayne, everybody is like, Oh yeah, here's the the story with him. And it's 90% that guy and blah, blah, blah and stuff. And then I'm like, okay, so he's really the guy in the suit. And then Pedro Pascal is the face and you know, the acting and the voice and other things like that. But I didn't know that they had somebody else involved. And it was really interesting to see both of those people without the helmet in the scenes and them on set and uh i don't know like performing the scenes in the way that they're describing them so we have this guy who's a gunslinger and then you see like 15 shots of different like gun pools and (laughs) things and then this guy who's like a ninjutsu warrior or whatever um i think that's the phrasing they used and uh yeah it was crazy because you know he the the physicality of what he's bringing to it as well you know so i was like okay so they kind of like built this character they have like the soul and then like multiple parts of like his ability you know yeah as a physical character um so i I don't know i just thought it was kind of interesting that um that they did finally highlight that uh finally like (laughs) it's episode three you know but (laughs) Um, after all this time it it feels like they're shining a little bit of a light on how there's more than one mandalorian it's not just pedro pascal
0: that really surprised me um because the beginning of the episode they start with pedro pascal and i'm like all right finally they're bringing him in here (laughs) and when they do the overlays and they show like footage of making of it's him with his helmet off laying down I'm like they're really harping on that one shot that he's actually in the suit I'm like they're gonna try to play this off that he was in there the whole time it's gonna be really awkward and then they do that James and I'm like finally I'm like Mm -hmm. it it was getting weird and I know they could have pulled the wool over everyone's eyes but like diehard fans are looking at that like how are they gonna navigate this and I'm glad they kind of opened up the curtain and the wizard was
2: there pulling all the strings or whatever. I'm his, glad they, his wording too ahead, was that he was third to these other two. Sure. Yeah. It's him and being I, humble. I don't know and if he's a... being. Yeah. I, I didn't know if he was like trying to be generous or he was like, just really being, you know, like, like I'm, I'm the star, but you know, it's all, it's, it's you guys that make the movie, you know, it's like, it's kind of <laughs> yeah. like that. It's, it's it felt like genuine, it could have been that. Yeah. I know, but then it, it legitimately I think was him saying, like, look, at the end of the day, like yeah, yeah, I'm this person, I'm the person that's associated with it, but I am I am third tier right to the two others who actually are the Mandalorian. It's the way that it kinda came off to me, but I could see it going both ways.
0: Yeah. So um he does seem like a very genuine guy. And even at the celebration panel, he seemed very humbled and all that sort of stuff. He kept so think- calling
1: himself a nerd and a geek. And I was like, if you're yeah. a nerd, then what does that make me? <laughs> right. <laughs> because you're like super cool, super casual. Like, you're the guy that everybody wants to invite to the party. So, so like, where do I land on that spectrum of cool? Well, that's- I- Alex
2: Trebek would say, losers in other words <laughs> yeah right that is such a funny clip of jeopardy if yeah he, you yeah,
0: find that but um so latif crowder uh the other guy in the suit mm-hmm. um i looked him up he does a lot of stunts he was in furious 7 captain america civil war wonder woman uh so he does a lot of that type of stuff and as he was saying like he's more of like the martial art jujitsu when you see mando doing hand-to-hand fighting and then the other mm-hmm. one is um um wayne and wayne Right. yeah who is uh the grandson of um, john wayne. john wayne and he looks like he's a cowboy in his own right he's got his cowboy hat on he's like i just got to shoot guns i'm really happy about it and, like this guy is right off a ranch yeah, Right. <laughs> in like socal he's very so,
1: good at pulling guns though they kept showing clips of it like and i was like yeah wow he is very good at this
0: right where pedro might be like whoa <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. so um my favorite part actually has to do with pedro pascal and it's when he was talking about how he's done all these stunts for Narcos and all these big action scenes for Game of Thrones and stuff. And he got hurt walking out of the makeup trailer for for his (laughs) one main scene in The Mandalorian in the suit. And he walked in like a piece of plywood and like cut up his face or something.
1: Seven stitches he got.
0: They had to take him to the ER. And they said that because he still had all the makeup on from being hurt as The Mandalorian, the ER thought it was worse. So they rushed him in.
1: They were like, come in here. I (laughs) thought that was the
0: funniest thing. And, And the fact that, he wasn't in the suit for like the entire show, except that one right. spot. And these other two guys are doing all this stuff and they're not getting hurt. He's walking out of his makeup trailer and busts up his <laughs> face. <That's> so <laughs> funny.
1: And then the fact that he then went back and shot the stuff. He didn't stop. Yeah, you back. have
0: to, right? Yeah. yeah. He's like, I'm finally in the suit. Imagine I have to tag <laughs> these guys back in now.
1: Yeah.
2: That, that's what I was looking for. I was uh, He was in Triple Frontier. And I thought think if i'm not mistaken that was like probably filming right around the same time mm-hmm. mm. and uh i think that might have been i don't know unless he was describing something that i'm not aware of but when he was talking about the places that he was just at and then he comes over here and does this yeah, yeah i was picturing all the s- places he was at in triple frontier which is like you know all these crazy helicopter yeah it sounds like <laughs> something flying i would over do walk crazy into something. lands with forests and mountains and stuff yeah yeah
1: i'm so uh- clumsy
0: i've walked into a bunch of things in my day i'm <laughs> so not gonna lie yeah. when
1: they said that i was like yeah relatable <laughs>
0: and, and not to throw my brother under the bus but one time he walked and like you know sometimes birds fly into windows because they don't realize that they're he
1: like, walked into mm-hmm. a door
0: he walked into a sliding glass door and broke his nose
2: so
0: <laughs> 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 it's how hard was he walking That's not, he's power walking i think he's uh, trying to do a, a mando walk or something but um <laughs> So let's stay on Pedro Pascal then, and then we'll go to Gina and uh, Carl Weather. So Pedro Pascal, um, did you guys take anything new away from him out of this in terms of his process and stuff? I'll just say out of the gate, the voiceover section of him actually recording the lines was very interesting to me. But uh, Mm -hmm. James, you want to start, kick it off with uh, Pedro and any takeaways you have on this?
2: Um. Yeah, I, I wrote that down, the voiceover for Mandalorian, kind of in that, like, hollowed-out theater or whatever. I thought it was a little strange. It, it seemed like they were putting an effect on him, like the helmet effect during the recording process, or I don't know if that's, like, just for this show. They were like, oh, we'll just add it in. But, like, in real life, the real recording was his voice? I don't know. It was kind of strange to me. I was like, I want to hear him say the line without the effect. I think they, they did it in every, post.
1: I think they added it in, in post.
2: Yeah. Well, I was I was curious. Like, Is the camera picking up the microphone through a filter? So this is like the real shot, but that's what you're hearing. Mm. I was like, no, they probably just did this just to do it. And I was like, I don't want to see that. I know what he sounds like in the helmet. I want to hear him do the lines without the helmet. That's the point of watching this behind-the-scenes thing. So mm-hmm. I was kind of... I was kind of bummed about that, but I really liked seeing the scene. And I really like, you know, cause I, I do voiceover stuff too for my work. And, you know, um, you, you, you know, right now you're looking at it. <laughs> I sit in my computer and I did yeah. the voiceover. Um, but, uh, but no, I, I did think that was interesting and, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that I didn't really take too, too much away from him other than he, that fact that we talked about it. It was, he was really humble and, mm-hmm. you know,
0: Lacey, anything else on Pedro?
1: Yeah, I think um, he's just so nice. Like He just seems really, really really genuinely nice. Um, He seems like he has a great sense of humor. Everyone loves him. And I feel like this cast in particular, we see all these other casts that are like, oh, we love Star Wars. We love working together. It was so great. But even with the rise of Skywalker, I felt that there were moments that they kind of seemed tired. Like they were just kind of like, yeah, we're here again. Like this cast, every time they're together, they're like laughing or smiling or like they just love each other and speak of each other so highly. Um, But with Pedro in particular, the voiceover stuff definitely stuck out to me uh, because I do stuff. Uh, audio work as well um and it was nice to see that i'm not crazy and that like you fully acted out like people mm-hmm. there's this misconception that when you do audio work that you're just reading and that's not the case whatsoever like i laughed really hard to the point that i had to go back and watch it when he's holding the pillow like baby yoda pillow. And he's just, like, doing the full scene with this pillow. And then there's the shot of him screaming into the pillow, like, away from the microphone, which made me laugh, too, because I was like, he is going for it. Yeah. Um, And I think that's why, you know, people connect with voice actors so much is because they are fully acting. And oftentimes, it's harder than being a regular actor, because, um, which we'll get into with Carl Weathers, is like, You have eyes, you have bodies to react to, whereas with voiceover, you're literally looking at a piece of paper or a screen or whatever. Um, Yeah, in a weird way, they say
2: that about the prequels. Like They're like, oh, we were acting against nothing. We were acting to the green screen, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost like voice actors deal with that all the time. They're not in the scene. They're not actually physically wearing the outfit, looking around. They're not on set. They just have to, like, picture it in their head and, and nail it. I mean, they see a screen, but yeah. Yeah,
1: and they're not, like, in the environment. And there's just, like, my own anxiety kind of peaked when you're sitting there and you're watching him read the lines with uh, Dave Filoni and John Favreau. Like, I get nervous when I do a voiceover in front of one person, let alone yeah. two people like that. You're like, oh, God. Because, right. like, there's nothing to hide behind. It's so vulnerable and you're just there. So I have where to really I, applaud Where him, I do it, it at work,
2: yeah, where I do it at work, I'm in a room where I swear if I do it at regular voice, I know they can hear me. Yeah. And it drives <laughs> me nuts because you, whenever you make a mistake or something, you feel like somebody in the other room is like, stop saying the same sentence over and over. Yeah, that right. guy is crazy.
1: I record my stuff in a closet inside of a room like three rooms over from Matt, so he'll never <laughs> hear yeah. it.
2: <laughs> you
0: know I was um my son's like obsessed with Toy Story right now and I was watching like are a you glad
1: that it's not matcha and the bear anymore?
0: Yes I am <laughs> hate that show <laughs> um, we're not doing the matcha fan show uh, <laughs> so I was oh, watching what? a documentary of them recording like the lines and Tom Hanks was talking about it and he's like this was way harder than I ever po- could have possibly imagined and that's Tom Hanks <laughs> you know? And then I'm seeing like Pedro Pascal in that room, and you got Filoni in the, one of the back, in the seats in the back, and he's laughing and having fun. And but Favreau's like right in it, standing next to him. And you almost feel like Favreau creates this like positive culture in that room, where he's, you could see him really enjoying the process, and they're like having a discussion about it. And it's not like, okay, try that again, but do it like this. He's yeah. like, no, yeah. He's like, what if he did this? And you're like. I feel like Favreau just kind of creates this whole environment. I really feel like that's like an understated Even, thing. Mm-hmm.
2: Even when you're failing. Yeah. Yes. Like like, <laughs> like when you're describing him standing next to the, the microphone, I just picture him being like, okay, you're not doing it right. I, I, I'm trying to figure out how to get you to get you where you need to be, but you're not doing it right. You know. He's the right.
1: ultimate hype man, but right. like it, a yeah. hype man that hugs you instead of right it's like it's
2: like what Eunice was saying
0: if you guys haven't checked it out check out our interview with Eunice uh, Huthart from uh The Rise of Skywalker um at this point uh yesterday um she had said like JJ would be like no that's not a good idea but let's try this and it would get everyone amped up it's kind of like Favreau is almost keeping keeps that uh, theme going in this um but again you know my last take on Pedro just he, You have to have, I guess, a certain confidence as an actor to be the lead marquee name, lead role, playing the Mandalorian, knowing you're really only doing voice stuff and being comfortable in that and people finding that out. And he is so humble about that. And like you said, James, him saying I'm the third fiddle here. If you are an insecure actor or... um a narcissist or something like that. He's trying to bury that as much as possible and, like, counteract what the situation is. But he's like, no, like, these guys did that stuff. And and, and that really is endearing uh to, to him. And like you said, Lacey, this whole cast together just seems like a really tight-knit group. And that goes to the directors, too, as we talked about in the first mm-hmm. episode of the Mando Fan Show mm-hmm. for this run here. But let's move on to someone who kind of brings that, I, you know, Gina Carano, like, holy hell. I, I mean, Lacey, start us off with that. Cause I have some notes myself, but, um, the Gina Carano section and stuff that you had brought up previously on the Mando fan show, when we were talking about the actual show itself, they actually show footage of. So, uh, what are your thoughts on Gina Carano section of this, uh, cast episode?
1: Uh, I'm still in love with her. <laughs> she, <laughs> me too. She is just like, I- She's someone that, first of all, uh, I don't want to be shallow, but, like, she's gorgeous. And I've never seen her not look gorgeous. So, uh, good on that. Uh, She looks great. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, no. The funny thing, or the interesting thing that I discovered in this show was when they talked about how the concept art was all her before she had even yeah i think accepted the role or was offered the role like Mm -hmm. john favreau was like i want gina carano and like all the concept art was all gina and that's i'm sure for her super flattering that anybody would think of you for something like this but um she's just so humble um and you can tell she's super tough and she um is a real hard worker um but it's kind of interesting and i don't mean to go back to this, but it just happened. Uh, our interview with Eunice with Daisy Ridley too is like she said that sometimes she doesn't believe in herself enough to do things, and it, and I kind of get that vibe a little bit from Gina as well. Is she said a couple times now that John is the John Favreau is the one that kind of pushed her into this and was like, "You can handle this, you can do this, trust in yourself." Yeah. Um. But my favorite part was definitely her talking about carrying the guy, like we talked about that during the regular season of the the show season one um from her the panel and to have the i i don't remember her name because i just watched this once i'll go back and watch it again but uh i think it was like the assistant director when she was like it's great to see a tough person but like she was straight up carrying that dude oh yeah yeah and she had said that she kept doing it over and over and over again uh and gina was like yeah they told me i didn't have to but i wanted to and like she lifted that guy like it was nothing like, right. she's tough, and I loved that they talked about how they wanted a character that was tough, that could fight, that was this rough character um, that was a woman, and I love that, you know, um, that she looks just like Gina looks, and it, it basically is Gina.
0: That's a great point, because Gina Carano obviously was a professional mm-hmm. butt kicker, to be she still it. is, yeah. yeah. So was
2: John Favreau. He was an MMA fighter as well.
0: On Friends, yeah, He's a <laughs> funny guy. Um, but you know, it's it's it doesn't feel like um, a fo- like, it's not forced with her. Whereas no. with some actors, even Pedro joked about himself. He's like, "I'm a nerd. Like, I'm not a fighter," or like you have like it, um, just like a small actor, and they're like supposed to be like tough guy or whatever. Gina Carano's just like she will damage you and you believe it because she can and, and she so knows how to that's... take
1: a punch too they talked about that how like yeah she knows how to and her give facial expressions
0: and... yeah yeah um james gina carano anything um surprise you from her bits on this or anything that uh stood out um, to you
2: yeah i think uh what's funny about her segment is that while nothing like i, I mentioned my favorite part i don't think anything was my favorite part, but I think she had the most interesting things about her. Um, starting with the fact that Bryce Dallas Howard said um, that Kathleen Kennedy said, every character has a silhouette. And I don't, I I don't attribute that quote to her, but it m- maybe because I uh, attribute it to Doug Chang. He said that about, every Star Wars ship in the prequels. And I think he was even referencing George Lucas saying that or or somebody, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. So it's been passed down through the generations. Yeah. Yeah. It's like in the mindset of Lucasfilm, that whole thing about like every character, every ship, every product that they create Mm -hmm. for Star Wars has this unique silhouette um, and I was like oh that that's really interesting that's not specifically about her but they use it in reference to her and I was like oh that's really cool that they you know tie her into the the bigger lore there um I thought it was interesting that she had no audition um right yes you know that was that was really cool to hear um I I you know and when they talk about that too like um even Pedro was like oh that's from her from Haywire and stuff you know and I'm like I'm like man I, you know, it's funny, like, this person to me didn't exist before this show, even though I knew she was in Deadpool and I saw Deadpool. That was just.
1: See Haywire. Some it's so good. Person. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Is it a TV show?
1: No, it's a movie. It's a movie? Yeah. Oh. It's like oh. an action movie. It's good.
2: Yeah. So it, it was interesting to me that, you know, someone like John Favreau was like, um,. I'm not even worried at all because I'm basing it on her acting ability from what I've seen in this and this and this and this. And that's the person that I want. And it just so happens to align with the physicality of the character yes. that you're looking for. So I was like, oh, dang. Okay. All right. That works. I,
0: I Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you guys make great points. And, you know, uh, the other thing that like Favreau brought up which you it's it's so amazing like sometimes you just think like this guy's just a pro and he's just going to crush this show like his like historical awareness of cinema and stuff is just amazing and mm-hmm. him talking about how he liked Gina and what made him think of the idea to bring her in was because of old westerns would literally cast like old like real cowboys Yes, and who knew yeah. ha- who knew how to ranch and, and corral and that sort of stuff and they wound up becoming actors in that way and he saw that in gina because she came into acting because of her physicality and um mixed martial arts in um mma fighting and uh that parallel i never really would have made that connection if he didn't bring that up and She's kind of taken that path. And it's, you know, history does kind of repeat itself in that way, where in the old Westerns they did it. And now you have people coming out of, you know, combat fighting and they're going into action roles and stuff. And him kind of talking about how she um, can own that role in that way and, and has that confidence to do it. Um, but then my other takeaway from Carano has to be her, like, just fanning over Carl Weathers and talking oh, about how yeah. he helped her so much, even with a reassuring sentence like, if she was messing up, he's reading the newspaper and just be like, ah, it happens to all of us. Don't worry about a kid. You know, like the old the old sage. Like, don't worry about a kid. It happens to the best of us, you know? Yeah. Um. And it, it, she said he meant so much to her and that he's um a legend. And you could see, like, in that roundtable, Carl Weathers, like, really appreciated it because he's been out of the game for a while. Like, people forgot about Carl Weathers, right? Like, people in, in our generation are like, oh, the guy with the one hand from Happy Gilmore? It's like, no, Carl Weathers... Has done some good stuff. So it's funny you
1: say that because the way James just reacted to Gina being like, "Oh, I hadn't really heard." Carl Weathers is that for me? Like I was like, "Okay, I know he's in a couple things, but (laughs) I don't really know him." Yeah. Um. So it's similar, similar. So,
0: so her, yeah, her just praising him and seeing him really appreciate that, and you kind of feel like he feels like he has like a a second act now in his career. He's around seventy. And, um, you know, we had talked about how some of his dialogue, at least from my perspective, felt a little choppy in his delivery. But I think that's just how he wanted to be with the character. And they loved under- it.
1: They said it was like sing-songy. It was beautiful. Right. And I was and just like, oh, I, I kind of start- feel bad now for the way that we critiqued I it. I think
0: I got to change my tune now because he was very mm-hmm. deliberate in his process <laughs> right. with that. So, um, but let's get into Carl <laughs> Weathers uh, right now.
2: Uh, I, th- I thought that was really interesting like the way the cast was describing how he performed the character and stuff because and then they'd cut to a scene and he's there like delivering every syllable like it is imperative yeah. that we do this thing you know yeah. <laughs> I'm right, like right. i'm like oh my gosh it, it like i don't know i i'm i'm still kind of like i mean i i love this show but i'm i'm still kind of like Really, Carl Weathers? <laughs> Get <laughs> out bit. of here! Jeez. I am. I, I, I see that delivery, and I go. It seems like he's. The only thing that I'll say is in this, he says that he's uh like a a boastful character, and he's very sure of his surroundings and um like like loud personality and stuff. So, if I was told that was the character. I might, too, go into that and be, like, confident. Like, yeah. conf- loud speaking and, and everybody like in Orson the room Wells. can hear me. Yeah. John Huston and yeah.
0: Orson Welles,
2: yeah. So, um, so yeah. I, I mean, I, it, I guess it's kind of one of those things where it's, like, maybe it's not exactly the acting that I don't like. It's the fact that he is perfectly executing a character that I don't think I would get along with.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what does it is. that kind of you make know, this, sense like deep-seated yeah. like oh i don't like that guy i don't because
2: when you when <laughs> yeah i'd be like dude stop being so big like yeah yeah you know while you're sitting here and it's like your success is my success you know and i'm orson like, wells plays All it. right. he plays out, that character dude.
1: in citizen kane you just like hate him you're like Ugh. yeah mm-hmm. it's
0: it's a booming voice yeah. that really yeah. hammers every syllable and stuff but you know i got i want to do a mandalorian rewatch because i f- i want to say now looking back and ha- after having watched this it's almost like grief cargo wants to put on a certain persona when there's other people in the room who need to hear yes. him yeah and the other mandal the other mandalorians the other bounty hunters are around and he's like your success is my success yeah. and mm-hmm. he wants to put off that persona but when, like, the chips are down in, like, you know, chapter eight, chapter seven and yeah. stuff, yeah. he dials it down a bit. So I want to kind of rewatch that and see if that's the case where it's almost like a put on for the character and not so much the actor. But right. um, I rewatched yeah.
2: just a, a clip of that just just because, um, like, yesterday. And, like, as soon as, you know, they pull out the, the e-web and stuff, he's like, it's over. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not as, not as pronounced, yeah. if I remember correctly. So,
0: so um, now that
2: I've seen this, you know, I think you're right, John. I think it warrants a rewatch and kind of paying attention to how he delivers his character throughout his character's arc.
1: But there is definitely a confidence that comes with Carl Weathers that I learned more about while watching this, especially mm-hmm. the part where they talk about how they brought him in yeah. and then they talk about how we can't cover you up. And he's like, I know I figured as much. Yeah. Like his response to Jon Favreau was like, I knew you weren't going to do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but he was on board with it because he's a pro. He's like, right, you know, right. all right. And he's like, I that's... knew they weren't going to do this. And they were going to kill him off. They were going to kill him off um, in chapter three.
1: Right, right. Kind of like a Poe Dameron. Yeah. Like I said earlier, yeah. The The other thing too, when they were talking about his section in particular, which then changed the whole mask thing outside of it just being Carl Weathers, is that they... Uh, said that they practiced in the masks and the guys couldn't see anything. And Dave Filoni was like, Oh, I can't. And and Dave Filoni, first of all, calling Jon Favreau coach yes it's hilarious to mm. me yes and yes. then him talking about how he like went over and was like okay this is my first time directing live action i gotta make this guy get the mark and blah blah, blah. and he's all nervous in front of john favreau and then he goes back and john's like no, no no let me try so then john goes over and they both watch and they're like okay we're both just bad at this. like this yeah. is not working yeah. but yeah, yeah no him calling him coach definitely stuck out to me i was like oh yeah, coach. yeah.
2: the way he was describing directing live action versus animation is how i feel when like a family member or something is like, I'm trying to fix their tech over the phone.
1: He said I could draw like this. They, He's like, I could just draw this right now. I if I could just draw exactly this.
2: exactly like yeah. they're they're telling me they're like, all right, I'm looking for uh, settings or whatever. Or me you know? like five minutes <laughs> <Yeah>. ago. <laughs> it's true. Well, yeah, but it was. It's nowhere near as bad with you. I just sometimes it's like they're like, I don't see it. I. I it's just it keeps it the screen is black now and I'm yeah. like I don't know what's going on right. I'm just I, I wish I could just
1: can you hear sit me now and
2: be there yeah. and fix it for you but I can I have to like right. navigate my thoughts through through you yeah. through to you somehow my dad know. just it's...
1: brings the whole entire piece of equipment over bill gill like <laughs> i have my email on open here's the computer i'm like dad <laughs> you can just call
0: feloni does that to favreau he's like here's the mask just yeah. i don't know what to but do but i just but, i
1: loved where dave was just like i could have just drawn it and i was like if i could just draw this i would know how to yeah. like yeah
0: when he goes i'm standing there and there's this guy trying to look out of these four holes in the mask and i'm just like what are we doing like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's so fun cuz it makes you think of the original canteen in Star Wars where these like rubber masks are on these people and they're bumping into stuff and Yeah. Like Star Wars is so is so stupid in that way. Even and, Kylo and-
1: Ren, he couldn't see anything.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, like like in a weird way, it's not the same thing. But like, imagine like making a show, and you're like, "Yeah, that's that's Canaan, right?" And you're like, "That's him." And then you're like, "We're gonna do a live action Kanan. That sounds great." And then you get there, and it's a guy in a Halloween <laughs> Kanan mask, right? And yeah. you're like, "This is not what I was thinking." Right? It was it's got the two be. slits for the eyes.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a you're really like rad like wig is, is, with is, like a ponytail. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, with like the phrase. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I agree with that whole. Um, uh, Filoni thing and I guess you know that's toward pretty much they the end, end again
1: of... with Filoni
0: yeah so that that pretty much rounds this out so <laughs> Filoni yeah talking with Favreau and it almost feels like Filoni has a little bit of that imposter syndrome in terms of doing live mm-hmm. action and like can I actually do this and and that Favreau really helped him out and you didn't hear about that and you wouldn't have heard about that unless Filoni said it.
1: He definitely came across more vulnerable to me in this episode. And I think in the series altogether, um, I'm not the biggest animation fan, but I feel like dealing, not dealing, but meeting Dave Filoni in person, having conversations with him, and then seeing him at celebrations, he comes across as very confident and very set in what he thinks about Star Wars, and rightfully so. And mm-hmm. then you watch this show and you're like, oh, he is kind of vulnerable. He, he is kind of learning how things go and learning about Star Wars in different ways and kind of changing his views of things. And it's actually like super refreshing to see yeah. because of what I've known before of him and what he does and interactions I've had with him that didn't he didn't come across that way. Um, so yeah. it's been nice to see.
0: And you know, it's funny the way that Dave Filoni speaks. It's almost like if you grow up in a big family and a big family dinner, and you don't get a lot of chances to talk, (laughs) he'll he'll go on to his next sentence before he finishes his last one. So he'll finish it up real quick, like JJ kind of does, where he's like, Mm -hmm. and then we had to go to the uh, the accident, and then and he he like, (laughs) and it's almost like he's afraid that people are getting tired of listening to him talk and that might be part of his personality so he's like all right let me buzz through that and then and then that and it's just an interesting way to hear how he speaks and i feel like that's kind of like a showcase of what his kind of personality is so he like kind of wants to get what he needs to say out and he has so many thoughts but he has only so so many limited words to do it in and he wants to make sure that people aren't losing interest in what he's saying and i think that's also endearing but right um uh anything else before we get out of here next The next episode is going to be about technology. So we're going to see a lot about this, um, the volume and all that stuff and how probably they were able to keep some secrets because they're in that room. And I'm very excited about that. And I'm curious how deep they go because a lot of this has still been on the surface and not really showing making of. It's more of like reflecting um, mm -hmm. in terms of this documentary. But
1: we're only halfway through after four, right? Yeah. Right.
0: So um, any last uh, parting words about the cast episode before we get out of here?
2: Uh, James? um no no, nothing particular i mean we we i we went through all my notes we you know wrote down and talked about everything that i put down um i just uh i like this episode i think the best so far nice like Mm. we're not we're not doing pedro pascal faces but if we were if we were (laughs) but if we were if we were Jake. This episode would have been a seven out of ten Pedro faces. <laughs> um, Lacey.
1: Um this episode's really good. You know what's funny? I feel like <laughs> with regular Mando, I was like, every episode's amazing. And this yeah. one I'm like, I must wait until I see them all to decide. Mm. Like, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um but I still love Gina. I'd still let her punch me in the face so that's still accurate um and then john favreau is a dad i've realized like he comes across very daddish like i'm the dad of this cast i'm the dad of the show like john dad row yeah exactly
0: Um, yeah, I, I kind of wish they showed a little bit with like IG 11 and um, maybe some of the other characters, but yeah, I understand why they had the focus. It's a short episode, you want to put the three sure. mains and and I understand that. Tyke yeah. is directing you know, one too.
1: So John
2: Fathero was right there.
1: Oh, oh
0: Fathero, that's better. Yeah, that let's do better. that. <laughs> John Fathero, I like that. Um, all right, You're so that pretty much it- takes us to the end of the show. Um, Make sure you're subscribed to us uh, because we have the Resistance Broadcast twice a week and the Mando Fan Show, and we have a lot of other stuff that we're always doing on the YouTube channel and also, of course, on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Resistance Broadcast if you want to support us. Um, This show right here, the Mando Fan Show, would not, I I swear it, would not exist if it wasn't for our Resistance officers over there, so uh, we have to thank you all very much for all of your support. Um, But subscribe to us and, uh, you know, you have YouTube, obviously, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and uh, make sure you're also heading to StarWarsNewsNet.com for all of your Star Wars news. Um, you guys can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and at Star Wars Newsnet. James? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Chunks. Lacey?
1: People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillarin.
0: All right. And uh, one reminder for solo fans watching on Monday you're gonna be able to sign up for our virtual cantina for make solo two happen day so at noon on Monday you'll be able to sign up uh to be a part of that um and if you can't make that don't worry we'll do a live stream but it's uh just a week out so obviously make solo two happen day is gonna be on Monday the 25th but this coming Monday you can sign up starting at noon east for the virtual cantina, which we're going to do the night of Make Solo 2 Happen Day. But this is the Mando fan show. We appreciate everyone stopping by. We hope you have a wonderful weekend, and we'll see you next week to talk all about technology. So until then,
2: see you around.